Welcome to the 4th Down Experience, the podcast devoted to special teams. Your host of the 4th Down Experience, former pro free agent, nine-year professional kicking coach out of the Midwest, Coach Chris Hughesby. Alongside Coach Chris Hughesby is a former two-time Arena Bowl champ, nine-year pro kicking coach, rep in the South, Coach Brian Jackson. Hey guys, welcome to the Fourth Down Experience. This is our season three edition, and Chris and I have been ecstatic to seeing the growth of the podcast, and we obviously uh, are appreciative and enjoy your guys' support of everything we've done and, and all the folks that we've had here on the podcast just delivering uh, value and information and feedback uh, in the special teams industry. And, and we're excited. We, we know we use that word a lot, but we are genuinely excited about the podcast today because we will have our first XFL uh, specialist on the show. And, and Chris, how are, you, how are you and how are you feeling about the podcast today? I'm doing good. Um, you know, the XFL has been a long time coming. I think it's been pubbed for like two or three years now. So the fact that we can actually really talk about it now and finally have a specialist on from the league, we're excited. Right. You know, I mean, everything looks professional. And, you know, like when the AAF was coming out, everything was looking nice. But the thing is, with the XFL, it has some history. And, you know, obviously the, the fun punt return rules and all that back in the day. Uh, everything just looks legit, so I'm excited to hear from our guest today and, and kind of hearing what, what he has to say thus far in the journey. Yep. So without further ado, guys, um, we are excited to welcome the first XFL specialist to the Fourth Down Experience podcast, Taylor Salino. How are you doing, man? Doing well, guys. How's it going today? It's going very well. Welcome to the Fourth Down Experience podcast. All right. Thank you, man. Glad to be here. And then... Uh, we look forward to a few good minutes and some good uh, quality conversation with you guys. <laughs> nice. Taylor, you uh, should be excited because we asked you to be on the show before we asked Marquette King to be on the show, <laughs> which is the guy that holds the balls. <laughs> right. You know, and, and really, I mean, Marquette, we have some beef with Marquette because he was going <laughs> to be on the podcast before the XFL started back up and, and then he... We never heard from him again because of his phone. So you got it. You have a freebie on us to give him a bunch of crap because for some reason he didn't have a he didn't have a phone for like two weeks. He says, right? <laughs> and that's, but, uh, that's very that's very believable. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, but what I wanted to share on the podcast is everyone is just uh, Taylor and I have a little bit of history. Um, Taylor uh, played at Millsaps College, and he can he can expound upon that here in a minute. Um, but we actually did a training lesson, Chris. I don't know if you know this, Chris, but uh, I did a training lesson with some college guys, and, and Taylor just finished at Millsaps, um, a school down here in Mississippi. <clears throat> and we we kicked at Louisiana Lafayette, and th- I had never heard of Taylor. And I was thinking, like, all right, it's going to be another you know decent college guy. I just finished, going to be whatever. And this guy was just crushing, like, 65-yard field goals, 80-yard kickoffs, like bomb nice. punts. I'm just like, who the hell is this dude? And uh, so we, we have a little bit of history together, and obviously he's, he's trained with uh, fantastic fantastic folks on the West Coast. And, um, and I'm just personally, genuinely, I'm so excited for Taylor because even just watching his grind on social media, everyone that is listening to this needs to go follow, follow Taylor 
on Instagram because he's been posting content of his workouts, his kicking. Uh, he's an awesome surfer. You guys, you guys should follow him on on Instagram because he he is the epitome of just hard work and to see it actually come to fruition and see him, you know, just just doing his dream with the XFL. Like he just totally deserves it. And and that's just for me to you, Taylor, like proud of you, man. Just like you, you make the specialist industry proud. Thank you, man. That's a hell of an introduction. And, and, and I'm excited, you know, and, and kind of like I was saying, when I talked to you earlier, you know, it's, it's been quite the journey and I, and I'm excited for this opportunity. You know, it's been, been a phenomenal first uh, few weeks here with the organization and with the league and, and to see it all come, you know, come to fruition out on the field, you know, from from the XFL people who have been involved with it since day one to the finally getting all the players and teams here in Houston at the training camp. It's been, it's been extremely fun, and, and I'm excited. I think there's I think there's some big things to come to the next, next three and a half months with some, some good, high-quality spring football, and I think the fans will enjoy the hell out of it. That's awesome. Well, let's start off with the current situation. XFL, you know, everybody's dying to hear more. We all saw on Instagram and social media within the last week all these new rule changes. I guess, what's the experience been so far in your first two to three weeks? Yeah, so as far as, um, it's it's definitely been a learning curve, especially as far as the kickoff and punts go. Um, You know, that's something they're trying to to really incentivize in this league is the return, Um, you know, instead of, Instead of calling a fair catch, or instead of instead of kind of trying to have that kicker kick it to the back of the end zone or directional punt a ball out of bounds, they're essentially going to penalize you for doing those things because they, you know, like I said, they want to incentivize that return. They want the fans to see that enjoyment of of a big spark or a big momentum game changing play to really grab that fans, um, you know, to grab their attention and. Uh, and to enjoy that beauty of special teams, you know, which we all love so much, but but as we see kind of through the college and NFL ranks, they're, you know, they're slowly starting to eliminate it um, piece by piece, and you know, a lot of that has to do with safety and all that, which is also a big priority this week. But the way they're doing it is extremely interesting, um, especially with the kickoff. So I'm not sure if y'all looked at the rules or not, but did y'all get a chance to maybe watch any of the promo videos that they had put out? Yeah, I. I watched all the videos, and I will tell you, Taylor, it it really bothered me. Uh, I don't like any of the rules, other than you get that you get to kick field goals. But I'm really hoping that this interview and you uh, can make light of the situation because it just it makes me feel personally like that the kickers, the kicking and punting is kind of kind of just getting pushed out the door. Like I get the player safety and all, but I would love to hear like. Right, you're right. actually you're actually there, and you're getting coached, and and you're modifying your kicking towards it. I would love to hear all the like intrinsic details that, that go on with with the changes. Right, right. So, um, well, you know, as far as, a, as from a place kicking perspective, you know, honestly, aside from the the taking out of the extra points, it, it's essentially still the same game for us. You know, because on the kickoff, we're kicking off from the twenty five yard line. So in regards, okay. in regards in regards to the NFL, we're ten yards back. So okay. as I as I previously mentioned, you know, it's a it, they do not want us to kick it to the end zone. But help to get it to the end zone from the twenty five, that's quite a damn good kick anyway. It's a doable. Right. You know, obviously it's very doable. with it will wind up the back, or if you really get that a ball. 
but it's not something that's going to happen every play. Um, but the big tricky part is if you're kicking it from the 25, you have to kick it to at least the 20-yard line. So that's a 55-yard kick, which is, uh, I mean, that's a pretty decent kick. You know, it, it, it doesn't leave you much room for error, per se, because if you don't kick it past the 20, the kickoff return team gets the ball on the opposing 45-yard line. That is a massive penalty. Okay, so, so real quick, real quick, T. So if you, you're kicking off from the 25-yard line, if correct. you do not get that ball to the 20, if you, for some reason, let's just say, coaches say, hey, get it. we're going deep, and you just undercut it, or maybe you're into a stiff wind, and you hit it 54 yep. yards to the 21-yard line, yep. the other team gets the ball where? On the, on the plus 45, so essentially a 55-yard difference from the goal line. Wow, um, that's you know, crazy. That's, that's a, you know, so so it's kind of it's kind of putting an emphasis on you know okay. you have to have someone you have to have someone who can who can definitely you know rely on a, a decent leg you know especially like you said if that wind picks up or if it's a rainy day there in Seattle or MetLife you know you really have to get it down there. Um, so basically, you're trying to kick it between the twenty and the goal line, and then if it goes through the end zone. That's called a major, so it comes out to the 35, which isn't that bad. But if you kick it, say it, say it lands on the two, and the ball rolls into the end zone, that's called a minor, which is which is actually the best thing. The ball comes up to the 15, but that's not going to happen too often. But that's the best scenario case-wise for the kicker. So All right, real quick, so let's, let's recap this for the audience here. So, right, um, if if Taylor hits it 76 yards into the end zone. It's called a major. It's like a touchback, but it's called a major, and they, you guys get the ball. The other team gets the ball at the 35. Correct, yep. Now, if you kick it on the 10, returner doesn't touch it, and it rolls into the end zone, that's called a minor, and that's actually better because the team now only has the ball on the 15-yard line. Correct, exactly. Okay, wow. So this is already making me feel a lot better than my <laughs> assumption, perception. Right. Okay, now another thing, Taylor, you being a specialist for several years – does that 55-yard, like, uh, cutoff, does that also kind of, like, eliminate the pooch and sky kicks, too? It does. It, um, it, it, I mean, yes, it's basically during the kickoff it does, and it also eliminates that, that what we love as former arena guys is that surprise onside. But okay. the onside kick is still a, a, a live play. We just have to notify the ref, and then the referee obviously notifies the kick return team. So basically, if we're going to call an onside kick, it has to be set up, and then we can, you know, we can still kind of go left, right, or middle with it because the onside kick will emulate the onside kick that we're used to. It'll look like, you know, ten guys, ten yards apart from me. I'll throw the hand down. I'll kick it. You know, try to bounce it up left, right, or middle, and we'll try to recover the football. Um, but there is no, yeah, there's no surprise. There's no squib it down the middle. There's no hoops left. You know, it's really just service the returner. See what those ten guys can do because it's basically you have ten guys on the 35, ten guys on the 30. They cannot go until the returner catches the football. So when the returner catches the football, you have 20 guys now who make that initial movement. And it's from a returner's perspective, some of these guys are going to get crushed. That's kind of what we, you know, what we've kind of begin to experience or see through film and through just working with the whole new rule is as much as they want to see some of these returns, I mean, some of these returns are going to have, have a tough time. So 
the kickoff is going to be a very, very interesting play that, that this league is, 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 is still kind of waiting to really see at full speed. So, so, so you're kicking off from the 25, Taylor. I've got a couple questions. So, so are you limited on your approach? Can you be like 17 yards back or can you only be three yards back? What's your, what are you limited on your approach? From my understanding, you could be, you know, you could be wherever you want it. Um, you know, okay. basically, what, what I'm doing is just my normal, my normal kickoff steps, and I'm, okay. you know. All right, perfect. So, now you're kicking off from the 25. Balls teed up on the 25. Where is your kickoff coverage team standing at? So the kickoff coverage team is on the 35 on the other side of the field, right? So I'm on, I'm on my side of the field all by myself, which is kind of strange. You know, it's kind of like a, like a gold. Like a goal kick in soccer, where you're like, "All right, everybody, go down the field." And oh I'm yeah. The <laughs> so, um, and then the Yikes. kickoff return, yeah. So the kickoff return team will be on the thirty. They'll have ten guys on the thirty. We'll have ten guys on the thirty-five. They'll have the returner, you know, back maybe heels on the five, heels on the ten, and then they'll have B kicking. And that and that's what the initial setup or you know the alignment will look like from a viewer's perspective. And you have to ensure. When you're kicking off from the 25-yard line, you have to make sure you get it past the 20-yard line. Past the 20-yard line, yep. So, so on the visual side, because you know as a kicker, T, like if you're just, just out practicing, just joking around, and you're kicking off from the 25, and you have that whole field sitting in front of you, that's kind of daunting. That's a, that's a long way right. unless you get right. a 20-mile-hour guest behind you. But like, like, I wonder if having all those players, I mean, you're, you're, you're talking about – 10 plus 11. You're talking about 21 dudes standing about 50, 60 yards in front of you. So that maybe that helps with the visuals, knowing like, okay, as long as I launch this over my guys, then I should be good to get this yeah. past 20. What's it, what's yeah. it look like? Because obviously you've had a couple reps with that since everyone's yeah. in training camp together. All y'all are down there together. What's that kind of look like from the kickers, like uh, POV? It's definitely interesting. Like I said, you're just having that whole visual of the open field. Um, you know, the field, it, it doesn't necessarily look bigger, but, it, you know, it, it, and then, and then kind, of, kind of like what you related to, it does give you that 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 perspective of, okay, well, I see these 20 guys. It's almost like a target, you know, an aiming point. And, I mean, not once have I not actually gotten it past the 20 yet, but could it happen, you know, like I said, on a windy day or a rainy day, you know, it's definitely, you know, I was talking to one of the guys in the league, and it's like, you know, the slightest miss hit, it, 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 you know, for the slightest, you know, if you get under the football, you know, that ball could land on the 20 or 21-yard line. So you just got to trust the swing, and, you know, it's kind of like a regular kickoff to me, you know, just just like I'm trying to kick it to the back of the end zone, you know, and, and we can work in direction left, direction right. But it's, mm-hmm. it's, definitely, it's definitely interesting to when that returner catches it because everything's rapid fire from right there. Right when he catches the football, you know, you have 20 guys who make that initial move because they cannot move until he catches it. So okay. it's kind of like it's kind of like chaos for a second. But so obviously, Taylor, you know, all the guys are down there, all the teams, you know, all the teams for training camp, logistically, financially, it makes sense that. You guys are all kind of scrimmaging, you know, getting training camp done because here in about three and a half weeks, you guys will be playing ball. So I'm curious, like talking to other kickers and punters and, and seeing other special teams, coordinators, etc. Like, what are you guesstimating kickers and special teams guys will be doing throughout the season? Do you think they're going to be hanging the ball up? 
around the 15 or kicking it for majors and minors? Like, what are you guesstimating will happen across the league? Um, you know, I mean, for the most part, I think most of the guys will just kind of be just focused on hitting that, you know, that pure ball to the, you know, to the 10, to the 5. Um, I don't think it gives you much of a chance to real. I mean, you can hang it up there. But, you know, say you put that ball on the 18-yard on the line, I mean, essentially the hang time is, is not relevant at all because nothing happens until the returner catches the football. So whether the ball is up there for, you know, three seconds or four and a half seconds, you know, that, that doesn't really affect the play too much. Um, and then I think one of the big things is kind of just, you know, whether we go direction left, direction right, um, because, you know, therefore you can have some guys in the back end stay on the right side of return who can kind of fold over and, you know, and kind of convince the field, kind of like a normal kickoff. You know, so so for me kind of, or from even talking with some of the other guys, you know, they're kind of just being coached, you know, just hit that ball, you know, just hit that ball, pick the spot, you know, try to get the direction down and, and kind of let the play unfold itself. Nice. So I don't really see too, too much of, you know, of strategizing the kick as far as that goes. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I think you almost have to just play the game and figure out what work is, works. It's, it's like the new, exactly. it's, it's like the college kickoff rule where you can fair catch it inside the 25. I mean, you just got to kind of see what works and what doesn't. And yeah, and there's still some questions to be answered. Um, so, for instance, tomorrow we actually have our first scrimmage. It's going to be basically where we are playing the uh, the second half of a game. So basically we'll kick the ball off and start the third quarter and we'll play two quarters. So tomorrow seeing that in full speed, you know, will definitely give us a better idea how it all unfolds. Nice. Okay, cool. I guess if you call this preseason or fall camp or winter camp or whatever you want to call it, where are you guys practicing right now? Are you guys all in one location, all the teams, or are you guys actually in your respective cities? No, uh, so kind of like what Brian had mentioned earlier, all eight teams, we're all out here in Houston, we're all spread out to the city. Um, us, St. Louis, we are at a kind of a district high school stadium, a beautiful, a beautiful big Texas high school stadium, um, kind of on the north side of Texas, and, you know, we're all, we're all at individual hotels that had, you know, meeting rooms set up, treatment up, you know, the whole nine yards as far as everything that goes towards training camp. And then whenever we scrimmage or have a joint practice, you know, we'll travel to one of the other teams' um, facilities, such as I know, like the, I know the Houston team is using the University of Houston. Um, I know there's one team using the Rice University, you know, and then a few others, kind of similar situations, of, you know, using some of the bigger high school stadiums. So, so it seems like everybody has, a, you know, a fairly nice setup, which is nice. Um, and then as far as bus rides go, you know, it's a 10 to 15 minute ride, which isn't too bad at all, so... So so far, been, you know, it's been a great setup. They're doing, they did a real good job, and everything's been on par. What uh? Okay, so I'm curious. Let's take it back just a little bit further. What were what were tryouts like? Like, how were selections made for these types of teams? Um. So, so from my understanding, they had showcases in each of the respective cities. I personally did not go to a showcase, um, but I was entered into the draft pool, which it seems like you know. Uh, the head three or four guys the entire league kind of got together and took, you know, hundreds of maybe, you know, it may be around 1,000 plus players, you know, including specialists, punters, snappers, pickers, and they they evaluated, you know, numerous of them, and then they, you know, they entered some of them, uh, you know, they at least put the names into a draft pool, 
and then if you were entered into the draft pool, that gave you the eligibility to be drafted when they had the initial draft in October. Um, but I do know that they had some trials, you know, in each city that had kind of like a showcase thing where, you know, where they had, you know, skill players, kickers, punters go out there and, and showcase their abilities and then be evaluated on that, you know, on that front. Nice. So, um, I, I saw Marquette had tweeted out something today just kind of saying that playing in the, X, in the XFL is kind of demoralizing. So, I mean, me reading the rules and watching the videos, I couldn't agree more. I feel better about the kickoffs after speaking with you, which is nice to get some clarity and just to hear it out. Uh, so that makes me feel better. Punting scares me. Um, can you talk about the punting aspect? Yeah, so, um, so the big difference, you know, especially being here with Marquette, you know, and watching somebody as good as he is on the football, you know, he's kind of built his game around, you know, directional punting, you know, pinning somebody in the call the corner or, you know, going 50 yards downfield and putting the ball on out of bounds. But in this game, you do not want to, as you I was saying earlier, they're trying to incentivize that return. So you, they do not want what you punting it out of bounds. And similar to that kickoff, it's a major penalty if you punt the ball out of bounds. So, so, so for instance, if you're on, if you're on the, you know, the plus thirty yard line and you're trying to get that ball inside the twenty, and you punt the ball and it goes out of bounds, say on like the, I mean whether it's the ten yard line or the two yard line, and it, but it goes out of bounds, the team, the return team, then gets the ball at the thirty five yard line. So that's a, that's a 15-yard difference in, say, the NFL or college where you get it on the 20. Um, so that's kind of the thing is that, you know, they're still, like, we're still going to directional punt, but then it's kind of more so, you know, let's aim for the, for the numbers instead of let's aim for, you know, out of bounds, per se. Um, so that's kind of a different aspect of it. But, you know, and then it's kind of a similar rule with the kickoff as well. So the gunners cannot move until the ball is kicked. So the gunners will basically move laterally, um, left to right, you know, two or three yards, kind of shuffling their feet, trying to get a little bit of momentum. And then when the ball when the ball comes off the punter's foot is when the is when the gunners can actually go. Therefore, they're saying will basically create more room for the returner to kind of get the to kind of you know receive the catch and then have you know instead of say six to seven yards um, before that. But a punt team gets down there, he'll have about 12 to 15 yards, which would give him kind of more wiggle room and the ability, you know, therefore, you know, most likely break, break for a return. I feel like I'm listening to chess strategy right now, but it's pretty cool to try to follow and, and get, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a lot of shit. We're still, we're still learning. Uh, I mean, every day it means, you know, we're kind of watching some film that we put together, and, and, and it's, it's still those early, it's still those early normal yet until we really can get that full game speed but um but it's definitely it's definitely a different aspect you know especially for the punter as far as you know i mean me and marquette have talked about that daily kind of you know what what, what, you know what ball should we hit what ball should we try to go with you know should we do the office should should we go for the hang time you know so we're having some fun messing around with it and um you know, we have, we have a good group of guys over here. We have, we have a, you know, a couple of great special teams coaches that have some experience in the league. And, and, and that, you know, and they're in the same boat as us. You know, we're all trying to learn these new rules and, and trying to mess around with it. And, and you know, we're trying to, trying to see what works best, which, which we're still in the process of figuring out. 
Hey Taylor, did um are there any incentives for field goals, or is it just straight up three points? You know, is like just straight three points. Okay. Yeah. So okay, so goalposts are the same. Pro hashes. Yep. Pro hash. Um, as far as field goals go, uh, I mean, I'm not the same exact what we're used to. You know, like you had mentioned, there's no extra points, but you know, hopefully we can get some. Um, you know. Two, three, four field goals a game would be nice. So, what I'm curious about is, are they changing anything on offense where it would you would see more percentage of field goal attempts? So actually, still... what they're what they're trying to do is they're trying to they're trying to encourage teams to go for it on fourth down. That's why they're kind of penalizing the punt. So, so if you have a fourth and two, you know, say from the you know the thirty. 37 yard line, you know, it would be a you know 55 ish, give or take field goal, or it'd be a pooch punt. Well, hey, well, let's maybe go for it because if you punt that ball out of bounds, you know, they're going to get the ball at the 35. So that's just a, a net of a two yard punt, essentially. So it's like wow. they're trying to, you know, they're trying to really, you know, push that. Let's go for it on fourth down. Let's try to let's try to create some more plays, you know, because it's a faster game with the with the shorter play clock. Um, but I mean, I still think they'll, you know, I, I think they'll still be, you know, your fair share of punts, and uh, I, I definitely still think you'll be, you'll see, you know, like I said, a couple, two, three field goals a game, you know, give or take, you know, here and there. But it's really interesting to hear you say earlier, which makes complete sense, about the hang time on the kickoffs. Like, since they're already down there waiting, right? You you could hit a three four hang, which is frowned upon. In the NFL, but now granted, if you hit a, a 78 yard kickoff with three four hang, then no one's going to complain too much. But I mean, you could hit a 3 0. I mean, that'd be pretty impressive to hit a 70 yard kickoff 3 0 in general. But it, like, it's it's just weird to hear the hang time really doesn't matter. It's about where that guy catches the ball at beyond his 20 down there. That's just, yeah. it's just wild to hear that. Like, yeah. Do you, Chris? Yeah, I agree. It's just drive the ball. You know, it's just so, kind of weird. So Taylor, like you know, obviously there's so many kickers out there that are just wanting just to get their hands on a ball, debating if they should spend 130 bucks to get one. But talk about the ball itself. Like you know, you played arena ball. You played. You've been in NFL camps. You've you've been it all. So how's that football compared to what brand, etc.? Talk about it. So the ball itself, I feel, is a little. Um, the ball flies fine. I mean, for instance, when I was at home over the break, it does not fly as far or as high, and that is something that we kind of all notice as a as a group here in the XFL. And some of that could, you know, could have to do with some of the brand new footballs are getting. But um, you know, when when I was back at home kicking just a few weeks ago and had a couple balls with me, I was noticing about a five to six yard difference on on kickoffs and on field goals. Um, but the ball itself, it, it, it's a little thinner. But as far as the leather goes, you know, the leather's pretty similar. It has these X's kind of all over it. You know, kind of the whole pattern of the football is, is like an X pattern. It's, I mean, you know, the size of like a pencil eraser size X, which kind of adds some grip to the football. So, it, you know, so as long as you have a good equipment guy, you know, which we do, we have a pretty experienced equipment manager, and his staff's pretty solid. So, you know, they're, they're, they're doing a good job of kind of softening up. Um, you know, breaking in the footballs. Because an interesting point in this game, 
from what I've been told so far, but I'm not 100% um, haven't verified it. We are going to be able to basically kick whatever football we want, and there's going to be no K-ball rule, meaning because they want to see long field goals. They want to see big punts. They want to see that. So there's not going to be this rule of, okay, well, you have 30 minutes before the game to break in a football. If we were to break in a football, you know, Monday and mess around with it all week and kick it, we can get that ball just how we like it for game day. Nice. It's cool. So the ball is still really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's cool how each each ball is kind of um, kind of customized to the team. So, for instance, like our ball says St. Louis Battle Hawks, and then, you know, for instance, LA says that Los Angeles Wildcats, and so they're all kind of customized in regards to, like, the color and the logo. But, I mean, it's a pretty good football, honestly. I mean, I don't have too many complaints about it. You know, the rotation is fine. You know, you can still hit that nice side spiral. You can get that clean end over end rotation. But I, I do believe there's a little bit of a distance in height that, that, that's not there with these balls. But, but that could very much change, you know, as we kick them more and, and get these balls broken a little, little bit more. Curious, you know, the league obviously is starting shortly, or the season, I mean, but uh, are there any rules that would prevent you contractually from possibly joining the NFL if needed? Like if, if they want to bring you in in the middle of the season? Or is it set up where you finish the season with the XFL and then you could possibly join an NFL team. Yeah, but just what you said right there kind of at the end, you know, if a, team, if a team was to call me right now, I am contractually not able to go. Um, I would have to wait until the end of the season or if at some point I was released. But, but I mean, yeah, say it, you know, say the first three or four games happen and I'm, I'm 10 for 10 and, you know, I have a few teams calling me. I mean, I kind of have to keep quiet. Or, I mean, I kind of... You have to hang back until the end of the season, but so they're trying to keep that loyalty for some of the players that here, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. So you know, obviously, you've been training for a long time, and you get this you get this opportunity. You know, how do the legs feel? How, how are you recovering and taking care of your body, like prepping for the season? So you guys play in about three and a half weeks. Yeah. Um, the legs feel great. I mean, the first few days were kind of tough. You know, real conditioning kind of. To start off camp, and then that same day they actually hit a 58-yard field goal. But you know, I was fortunate enough to go ahead and bang it. Um, and then after a few days of, of being sore, you know, um, my, my body kind of, you know, it kind of caught back up to itself. And you know, just everything from you know from hydration to the massage guns to the you know the proper stretching and mobility to the you know the, the essential dieting. I mean, just you know, because I mean, all those things, you know. Play, play a huge part into it. It's kind of not, there's not just one X factor that that makes or breaks it. But, but so far, the, you know, the body's holding up great. I mean, I, I mean, I feel, I mean, I'm ready. I feel healthy. I feel strong. I feel powerful. I feel mentally, mentally ready. And so, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to that game week one, baby. Where are the games played at? Do you know where you're at in, in St. Louis? Are they college stadiums or pro stadiums? For, for, for the St. Louis team, we are at the old Rams Stadium. So we're nice. the only team in the league that gets to play indoors, which is awesome. From my nice. perspective. Um, but yes, I think, you know, majority of the other teams are in NFL stadiums. For instance, you know, Seattle's in Century League. You have Tampa Bay down in Raymond James. You have New York playing in MetLife. Wow. Um, I, think, I think you have the LA team playing where the Chargers play. And then you do have the... Uh, the Houston team is playing, but the University of Houston plays, which we actually scrimmage at tomorrow, which, from what I saw, is a beautiful stadium. And then, um, 
And then the Dallas team, actually, the new, uh, the new Texas Rangers ballpark is going to be opening, you know, in a few weeks. And that's where the, that's where the Dallas team is going to be playing. So, so the stadium's a top notch, which will be fun. Wow, that's awesome. Makes it more legitimate, obviously. As yeah, a, for sure. As a feeder. It certainly does. Are you, uh, you excited to meet Pat McAfee on the sidelines? <laughs> I, I, yeah, certainly. I, I, I think having him out there, I, I think that's going to be great for the brand. I think it's going to be great to, you know, to get his perspective, especially especially with some of these new kicking and punting rules. I think he'll have a he'll have quite an interesting take on it, and uh, I, I think he'll have some fun. And, yeah, definitely, definitely look forward to him, to, uh, you know, being out there on the sidelines, having some fun with us. Nice man. I, it was nice to, to hear your voice and, and just catch up with you, dude. And thank Likewise, you so much for man. providing all the insight on the rules. I mean, just so much clarity, and it's kind of getting me get excited just to just to watch now uh, and just see, like like Chris said, the chess match. Like it's gonna be really cool to see you guys like perfect your skill set here. For sure. I, yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it, man. It should be fun. Yeah. So Taylor, our capstone question: We always like to ask everybody and it's really fun to get their take you know you've had quite a an extensive journey you know with with arena and canadian and different pro tryouts you know so maybe you can't quite collectively you know do one league but like what are your favorite five your t- top five stadium experiences playing in or maybe facilities that you've been a part of right right um sure i mean there's been so many of them throughout the uh you know from regard to arena football to the Canadian League, you know, ha- having the having the amazing experience of kicking down Howard Hall in Chicago, um, but what, you know, one of the places that really stand out for me is that is that new CFL stadium in Saskatchewan. Um, I'll kind of never forget. I was I was just leaving California on a, on a you know on a day where it was seventy degrees and sunny on a Tuesday, and I'm flying up there, and my first game is at that stadium. On Thursday night, and it's about 12 degrees, a 15 mile per hour wind, and there wasn't an empty seat in that stadium. And um, that was in Saskatchewan, which up there, you know, they absolutely love their football. Um, and then another pretty pretty cool spot, which is unique to probably me, and you know, not many guys out there, maybe just you know one or two others, was playing over in China when I got to play in in a couple of the arenas. Um, over in Beijing and Shanghai. Oh, yeah, that's which, right. Which were these phenomenal, I'm talking world-class basketball arenas that look like modern-day, you know, spaceships um, that held, you know, 30-plus-thousand people. And seeing those transformed into an arena football field was, was quite the scene. Um, so, and then, what are some other ones? Maybe... I mean, you know, coming from a small school, you know, I never really had the luxury of playing at any major big ones. Um, it was always cool to have, you know, those smaller stadiums just packed with people just screaming. You know, you could almost hear if one person said your name, you could hear it. You know, so that was always pretty <laughs> yeah. cool. But um, I look forward to these next few weeks, you know, these, these next few months having some of these bigger stadiums come under my belt. And, and I'm excited for all that. So Awesome. Awesome, man. Those are those are all great venues. Um, the China thing was was awesome. I, I, you know, just from watching it and hearing about some of the incentives and everything, like that would have been really cool to to see that keep going. And 
Right, right. Uh, so that's, I know that was an experience that you obviously um, never took for granted because that, that, that was fun following your journey, uh, playing in that league and, and all. But, man, I, I'm stoked. I'm excited to watch you on TV coming up, dude. Uh, we wish you the best of luck. And maybe maybe if you have a bye week or, or, or some, something like that later on in the season, uh, maybe just love to hear how things are going just, just to kind of just uh, touch base with you, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I mean, I'm an open book, so I mean, I, you know, I appreciate I appreciate you, you know, providing me the opportunity, you know, to speak on some of this, and, and I'm looking forward to it. I, I think I think it's going to be a fun spring of football with some very interesting, you know, special team dynamics thrown in there. So, so it should be nice. fun to watch. Awesome. Right, best of luck to you, dude. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Yep. Thanks, Taylor, for being on. Stay in touch. Good luck with everything. All right, man. Likewise, gentlemen. Y'all have a wonderful night. You too. Bye, bro. Peace. Well, Chris, uh, first XFL specialist on the 4DE Nation podcast. You know, uh, I loved it, man. That was really cool hearing everything you had to say. Yeah, definitely enjoyed it. You know, I thought I understood what was going on over there in the XFL, and just getting his explanation made it easier, but little, still a little bit more confusing. But I'm excited to just see how it all plays out and I think it's one of those things you just you just got to watch a game and see how the strategy happens and uh, it's gonna be fun super happy that Taylor's been on and kind of like you you know you you've, you've worked with him a little bit and I've kind of been following his journey for the last number of years too and so it's just cool to see the things that he does because he's he's experienced a lot yeah yeah I mean he he's been around the block and uh, he, he actually played a couple games for the, for the New Orleans Voodoo um, which is a team that, that I got to play for a couple of times. And, uh, but yeah, just, I mean, we, him, him and I go way back, man. I think like 2013 or something like that is when we had our first training, but, uh, he's a really good kicker. And just, again, I, I encourage all you guys to follow him at TG Russelino on Instagram. Um, and just follow his journey. He does so many awesome, uh, workouts just like in his backyard. Uh, he, he's very fit kicker. Uh, so he knows what he's doing with his body and his core. Um, so definitely check him out. He's a very good kicker, a very solid kicker. He can punt too. So uh, we're excited to see how he does this year. And, and like like we said in the interview, we'd love to touch base with him in the middle of the season, kind of see how he's doing, and maybe just see how it compares to how we're talking now before the before the the season. So thanks guys for listening, and we'll kind of let Chris uh, finish this uh, podcast <laughs> out here. Yeah. So like always, guys, thanks for the continued support. You know, we're kind of in the front end of the season three. It's been incredible. We got a sweet laundry list of household names of guys that we're about to interview, guys in the NFL that wanted to wait till the season ended. So stay tuned. Make sure you subscribe and follow us because we got a nice batch of interviews coming up that I think you're going to enjoy. So thanks for all your support. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Fourth Down Experience. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 4th Down Experience.